Hello and welcome to the edition of The Word with Jeff and Robert Pruitt. So glad you joined us today. Today, honey, is the second half right. of the nine steps that we talked about last week to set our goals. Right. And I, you know, I am fired up about this. Me too. Because the more we talk about this, the more excited I get. And, and, you know, I want you to be just as excited. This is a brand new year. We can look at it Amen. like that. It's not a year of resolutions because resolutions <clears throat> come and go. Um, I, I, I heard this one where... Um, it was in Florida, and it was a guy that worked at a hotel. And he was, uh, a customer had come up, and they were like shocked at the rates. They were like, this is so low. It was like the first week of January. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, and this was a very nice hotel. And they're like, this must be a mistake. And the guy behind the counter that worked there, he said, oh, no, no, no. He said, that's our beginning of the year rate. And he said, um, what happens is the beginning of the year, everybody makes the resolutions that, um, you know, we're going to cook more at home. We're not going to go out to eat. Um, we're going to save money. So we're not going to go travel and we're not, you know, we're, we're not going to, we're going to put our money towards this and not for that. He said the first two weeks of January, we have like nobody here. So we give rates. He said, but about the <clears throat> third week, Fourth week of January, he says, we are booked to capacity because people by that time in just those few weeks yeah. go, uh, you know what? No, I think we're going to go out. We're going to travel. Yeah. We're going to spend money. We're going to do this. Yeah, all those resolutions. All the, all the gyms fill up January. Yeah. By the end of January, it's just a little bit lower. Right. By the end of February, it's the same regulars that always show up. So anyways, I think it's kind of cute. I, I, I didn't plan to do this, but let's go back over the, the uh, first, I think, four steps that we had. Hey, given before you. you say that, like and share. Yes, Do please. it really quickly. And don't forget to put on your notifications so that you know when this comes on, because we don't want you to miss any of this. We want to set Man. you up for success this year, and we know that this message is going to do it. So go ahead, quickly like and share in case somebody else has forgotten to hop on. They'll make sure that they can see it too. Step number one was to determine your present position. Uh, step number two, be specific about what you want. Uh, let's see here. Step number three, look for God's promise in his word to back up what, obviously, what uh, you're believing God for. Uh, step number four was to ask God to help you. In other words, I asked the question, are you really praying about your goals or are you just kind of letting life kind of go by and hoping for the best? So I hope you got your pen and paper ready to go or your notepad or your um, iPad, whatever. Write these things down. Step number five is to reach your goal is identify the barriers. Step number five is identify the barriers because there's going to be some. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> It says, then Eliezer said to Abraham in Genesis 24, 5, and the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? Ask yourself this, folks. Why haven't I reached my goals already? What are the barriers? What are the obstacles? What are the roadblocks that are in my way? He's saying, hey, what if I get there, I find the girl that's to be your son's wife, but she don't want to go with me. She's got other plans, right? There will be obstacles along the way. It may be a financial problem that you're going to have to answer in starting that business or that ministry, or it could be a relational problem. Uh, you have people that have glommed onto you, that have um, taken away from your time, your talent, your treasure, that you're going to have to adjust this this year. Um, who's going to get your time? Who's going to get your heart? 
um, if you're single, um, and so on and so forth. Relational problems can be a big, big problem to solve. Uh, educational problem could be holding you back. I mean, you may not have the education, so you might have to go take a night class or uh, an online class. Um, some or get a couple books, reading up on what it means to be this, that, or the other, meeting your goals. So for some people, it's an emotional barrier. I mean, a lot of people deal with problems in their their mental health, um, and I, I say it's emotions have a lot to do with your mental health. A lot of people sabotage their own success. That's kind of crazy, but they'll do it because they think they aren't worthy of it. So what they do is instead of I'm not going to be rejected by them, I'll, re I'll I'm going to do the rejecting of them. And so therefore I'll sabotage it so that I don't have to face any rejection at all. I, I don't know. I don't know what everybody's situation is, but I can tell you one thing. It happens all the time. I found myself in my life self-sabotaging things out of fear because I don't know if I'm able to do it anyway. So I'll just stop. I'll stop it. I'll sabotage it somehow so that I don't have to follow through with that. We all have done it. We all do it. And, but that's, that's no way to reach a goal. So you gotta, you gotta deal with the, the barrier of your emotions. Okay. Um, you can't truly move forward without identifying what the problem is, what the barriers are. Um, Genesis 24, Eliezer uh, had a number of barriers to his goal in finding a wife for um, Isaac. He had to figure out how to get to a country he'd never been to. <laughs> that was, there was no GPS. Then he had to find the right woman he'd never met. Then he had to convince her to go back with him to a country she'd never been to. And then um, she, he had to convince her to marry a stranger, someone she'd never met before in her life. Oh, and, and then he had to convince her parents to let her go in the first place. Most people would call that mission impossible. This right. is not possible. But that's when God walks in. As soon as you know the why, remember I said that last week, as soon as you know the why, God begins to help you answer the hows. Right. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. But I don't know exactly how to get it done. Right. God will start to help you. Nine times. I just walked, by the way, I just yeah. walked up to this girl right here and I just went like this one. Hey, girl. And that was it. She was mine forever. She fell absolutely head over heels in love. Is that how you remember it? We tried again. It hey, was girl. a love. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that was almost 40 years ago. So, yeah. You got it. A long time ago. Nine times out of 10. You're dodging it. People, Did it help? Did it work? It <laughs> I'm still here. So, obviously, it works. That's true. Nine times out of 10, people quit. Not when circumstances get hard, okay. but when things begin to look like they could get hard. That's that thing of fear, but go ahead. That it, it is. And mm -hmm. that's that place of, of self-sabotage. And that's right. that place where all of a sudden you look and you go, okay, this looks like it's going down a direction I don't want to go down. This is, you know, and, and Eliezer, when he's looking at all these things that he has to check off of his list, all right. these things that he has to do in order to make it uh, you know, to make it work and to go back to his master with, you know, with this goal accomplished. It's very easy where, you know, when you think things are starting to look bad, when you feel like things are starting to look bad, that's when it's easy to jump ship. There's a quote that says, there's a difference between interest and commitment. When you're interested in doing something, you do it only when it's convenient. Okay. When you're committed to something, you accept no excuses, only results. And it reminded me of a story I read of this pro professor. 
And he took his students at the beginning of the year and he said, listen, I want to help you meet your educational goals. And what I want, you know, all I want to do is I want to encourage you, read the material I tell you to read. I want you to study what I tell you to study. I want you to write what I tell you to write. And all throughout the year, he really encouraged his students to do these things. And at the end came the time for the big exam. And he got his students, they all sat down. He said, all right, listen, he said, You've been reading, you've been studying, you've been doing the work. And I'm going to let you right now make a decision. And the decision is, is that you could get up right now, not take the test, and I will give you an automatic C. You don't have to do the test. I'm just going to just take the fact that I told you to study and to do these things and that you did it and you can get an automatic C. But if you want, you can stay and take the test. And, you know, see, you know, you could do better. Well, one by one, students started getting up and started walking out of the classroom. They decided that they were going to settle for that C. Mm -hmm. And a little less than half the class was left. So he said to his students that were left, he said, all right, listen, I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of you that you want to put in the extra work. When it seems like it's going to be very difficult... You're not going to, you don't want to sabotage all the studying that you've done, all this preparation that you've done for this test. This is a time test. So um, I'm going to put it down in front of you. And then when I say go, you can turn the paper over and take the test. So he hands it out. He says, all right, you can begin. And the students turned over their piece of paper and written on the paper was, I am so proud of you that you decided to stick it through and you decided to press through beyond what could be easy and right. to take the, you know, the, you know, the easy route. And because of that, you get an automatic A. Wow. They didn't have to take the test wow. just by sticking it out, sticking it through yeah. and deciding that I'm going to press through because I know that I've done the preparation. That's an interesting like story, and you didn't tell me you're going to say that, but that's the word I got for 2022 that we're still in a testing cycle, mm-hmm. and that um, most people don't show up to class because they're afraid of failing. But the truth is that you're much more prepared for the test. <clears throat> excuse me, much more prepared for the test than you've ever been uh, since 2020. All this stuff's happening in the world. You are getting prepared. But the test is only going to, going to show that um, what you really do know. But it's interesting. Maybe the Lord would just, if we just show up, right. maybe it's not about taking the exam, the actual exam, the test of our life, but it's more about just showing up. It, right. And he gives us the automatic, hey, you know, that could be revelation mm-hmm. for a lot of people here. So, mm-hmm. but anyways, I'm pretty excited about what's, what's happening in 2022, but great, great story. All right, number six. <clears throat> number six, create a step-by-step plan. Create a step-by-step plan. Um, kind of goes to what we were talking about last week about the um, writing the goals down. Right. But Psalms 20 verse 4 says, May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purposes. Well, you know, once you know your purpose and your heart's desire, God wants to grant it to you. But are you going to the process of actually writing down? I'm, I'm going to show you in Scripture why it's, why it's important in just a moment. But let's let's return back to Genesis 24 real quick, verse 12. When we see uh, Eliezer designed a simple but well-thought-out plan to find Isaac's wife. He then takes uh, of Abraham's camels with him. He loads them with samples of the very best of everything that Abraham has that he has owned. And he and then journeys to Nahor. 
and then made the camels kneel down outside the, the town beside a well. He's 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 putting his plan into action. He is he is creating a step by step plan that he's going to follow right. out. Because we're not we're not rewarded for our intentions. We are rewarded for our completions. It's good. And he, you know, he had, Eliezer, he had great intentions of going, you know, I'm going to do this. But he also took it to the next step. And he said, I am going to carry this to completion. Yeah, I love that. Genesis 24 in verse 42 through 44, he prays again, Eliezer. He says, And this day I came to the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of the water. And it shall come to pass that when the virgin comes, the virgins come out to draw water, I, I will say to them, her, please bring me a little water from your pitcher to drink. And she says to me, drink, and I will drink from your can. And I will, I'm sorry, I'm messing this way up. <laughs> I'm ahead in my thoughts. And she says to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master son. I could have said it easier than I read it. Mm. Basically, he's putting out a fleece there, and he's saying, look, the one, I don't know who she is, but the woman that um, is for your son, Lord, if she says, if I ask for water, she'll say, not only for you, but also I'll draw for your camels. That's the one for my master's son. So he, step-by-step -step plan. He's devising a plan, a goal. Now, this was a big deal because camels can drink a lot of water. So that meant the woman would have drawn 20 to maybe 40 buckets of water. That's a serious commitment. I mean, it's a lot of work. And that's the kind of woman that Eliezer was looking for, a woman who was kind, who was generous, who had a servant's heart, who was willing to help someone who was in need, and someone who would actually go the extra mile. And you know what? His plan worked because a woman named Rebecca, the woman he's now looking at, offered Eliezer a drink of water, and then she offers a drink also that she would draw from the well for her for his camels. This actually came to pass. The plan actually begins to work. It was crazy, but it actually begins to work. Again, as you make plans to overcome your barriers and achieve your goals, I want to ask you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, how do I intend to get there once I know what my goal is? And number two, how long will it take? How long, in other words, will it take? Let me read it again. And how do I intend to get there once I know what my goal is. The second question will determine your schedule, how long it will take. It determines your deadlines. It determines your timetable. This will help you think through a course of action, what I'm going to do next. That's right. Because, you know, 90, uh, a study was done, 97% of Americans have no written goals. And a recent um, Harvard study showed that only 3% of Americans have written that's goals, crazy. and many of them are among the highest earning people in the nation. Wow. And that's because successful people are willing to make sacrifices and put in the time of preparation mm -hmm. that unsuccessful aren't, people aren't willing to do. Harvard did a study with some students, and what they found out was the top three alumni students in terms they did in terms of power influence um, and highest financial gain all had one thing in common they had all written out their goals now harvard also continued with the study and they found that three of their students now we're talking harvard students you think well they have the best of everything they have every opportunity you know that they could ever imagine having 
three Harvard graduates. They got the credentials. They got their diploma. Were found several years later, unemployed and living on the streets. They were homeless. So this has nothing to do with what you have in your hand at this moment to be able to accomplish those goals. Because you can have everything and still not reach the goals that you have the potential inside of you to reach. What this study was showing was this. you got to be specific with your goals. Because how do, as we said, how do you know where you're going? How do you know what direction you want to go? And how do you know that, you know, I, and I want to accomplish this in my life unless you begin to write that thing down and work that and goal? And starting this ministry, I know you would see it all the time. I'd have a legal pad or something like that in my Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you. I Everything we're doing now did even years ago, we've been doing this for 22 years, um, I wrote it down. I had a goal. I had a a thought. And I said, oh, I want to do this. God, I believe this is what you want us to do. And then I would write it down. And and by the end of the year, I noticed that I would have probably 80% of the things that I was wanting to do for the Lord. And I still to this day write things down. It actually feels awesome. It feels good to do it. They say paper and pen does something in your brain. In your brain, absolutely. It, it, it does. You can type it up on a computer. You can type it into your phone. That's Get great. But there's something about when you are actually absolutely. physically doing the writing that it begins to um, chemically change your brain. Well, your 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 writing is actually uh, you're showing creativity. Right. Even though they're letters, you know, there's still it's 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 your hitting that part of your connects. brain of creativity. It's different than when you're typing, but when you start to write, there's something about it. I, I I would I would say get yourself a nice journal or what a legal pad, whatever, keep right. it in a good place and start writing down your goals. Right. J.C. Penny, it's an actual person who started, yep. named the, you know, his store after himself. He said this statement, which I think is amazing. He says, if you give me a stock clerk with a goal, I'll show you a man that's going to make history. But if you give me a man that has no goal, well, I'll show you a stock clerk. Right. That's right. It doesn't matter where, where you start. you're starting from. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if they said that you start on the wrong side of the track. It doesn't matter if you weren't, you know, all you have is a GED. It doesn't matter if financially at this moment, it doesn't look like that goal is going to be able to accomplish, be accomplished. It doesn't matter if you feel like, well, if I only had the right people in my life, they might not be there right now. But as you begin to work your goals, as you begin to put that that goal in writing, now you put the scripture with it, now you begin to pray over that thing, you're going to watch somebody who people have told you that you are going to amount to nothing. You're going to watch your life begin to drastically change. And you either drift through life or you're going to be directed through life. And I choose to be empowered to be directed through life. All right, step number seven. Step number seven. Be patient but persistent. Be patient but persistent. Persistent people prevail, by the way. All right, uh, Habakkuk uh, 2 and verse 2 says this, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Okay, we just gave you scripture. There it is. All right, you get a vision from God. You have a goal from God, a desire from God. You have to write it and make it plain on tablets, on a piece of paper, tablet of paper, right? That he may run who reads it. Well, how can I run with a vision if I can't read it? How can I read it if it's not been written down? Out of the mind, onto the paper. Let me say it again. Out of my mind, onto the paper. I released it, right? Now, not only can I read it, but she can read it. 
Not only can I read it, but my congregation can now read it. Everybody knows the direction. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. God says it's got an appointment. What you have inside you has an appointment. Don't quit. Don't give up. It's got an appointment in time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Everything that everybody's told you, oh, that's not possible, they're the ones lying. But the vision, the goal that you have, it tells the truth. It is who you are. It is where you are going. Though it tarries, though it is, you know, it's been put off for a while, it seems like. Wait for it. Be patient, but persistent. Why? Because it will surely come. It will not tarry you know, for the, long. The English Standard Version, I love how it uses words. Because a lot of times we don't use the word tarry. I love how it, how it is in the English Standard Version. It says, if it seems slow wait for it. Yeah. You know, that vision seems like it is just going way too slow. Things are just, it feels like it's in that slow motion kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. It says, if it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Let me make the statement. Nothing great is ever accomplished without persistence and patience. Because in order to be successful, your dreams must translate into W-O-R-K work. <laughs> work i used to preach all the time to our congregation i don't do as much maybe because the COVID hit and you know things changed so much and and we didn't have in-person services for a while i gotta get back to it i used to say love equals work just like faith equals work um what do i mean by that if you love people i would say we have these productions and i know it costs you something it's hard work to put these productions it's hard work to come out and and do these um uh these uh rehearsals and when you're tired or you're hungry and just get off the work and get, get the kids and everybody's screaming you got to go to church and it's hard work but in the end we win souls mm -hmm. so if you truly love people you put in the work W-O-R-K. So sometimes you spell love, W-O-R-K, or faith the same way. Faith without works is dead being alone. Don't tell me how much faith you have. What you believe is what you do. So if you don't have a dream, what you will be doing is sit, sitting on your couch all night watching your favorite programs on Netflix or whatever else, right? But when you have true faith in something of God, you're going to put forth the extra effort and work towards it because that's what you believe in the most. The people, I wrote this down, the people who succeed in life are the people who are willing to do what they don't feel like doing in that moment. Oh, yeah. That's tough. They are not mastered by their moods. They are mastered by God the master. And they establish their goals and plans according to God's will. They don't they have, this is what I do today. This is what I do. Come rain, come shine, come happy, come sad. This is what I do. Eliezer was a great example of per patience and persistence. We saw his patience in choosing the right woman by making a, a detailed plan, right? Goal, setting goals. And then he didn't back down. Oh, and also, he didn't make a snap judgment. He wasn't impulsive about it. I mean, in other words, this is what I've been sent to do in patience, and persistence, it will come about. Same thing with me, pastor pounds to pounds. If I'm patient and persistent, I don't care what I feel like. I don't care if I'm hungry. I don't care if I'm depressed about it. I don't care if I'm happy about it. This is what I do now. This is who I am. And if I do that consistently and persistently, and I'm patient, I'm going to be successful. Right. Without trying to settle for a shortcut. Right. Because it's so easy to do. And we use a lot of excuses 
to justify, well, you know, uh, God, you know, like we talked about before, God knows my heart, so I'm just going to settle for this. Mm. And God is just saying, just be persistent. Don't give up, no matter what it looks like that's happening around you or how you feel. You might have to set the alarm clock 10 minutes earlier. You know, you might have to not get that Starbucks drink this week. You know, you might have to not hang around certain people. But that persistence, that, you know, that, yes, that pressing in and not giving up. And I just heard this, you know, I heard this. And someone said, well, all the stuff you're teaching, the world teaches that too. Uh, what, what, what makes God, why does God have to be involved in that? Well, do you understand that God set everything in motion? This is not, this is not a plan for just one person. It's not even a plan just for Christians. Anybody who works the system that right. God put in place will be honored. But how much more yeah. for the believer that actually believes what God says right. and, 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 and submits to God and humbles themselves to God and then persistently uh, pursues what God has given them, how much more favor than we will have than the world even gets. Right. But and even the world can do this. Honey. Right. And, and the thing is this, is if you have goals that you see that you can accomplish on your own, you're not living to your full potential. No. Your dreams and your goals need to scare you a little bit. They need you need to look at them at times and just go, "Wow, God, these are um, you know these are goals that only you wow. can put in my spirit to accomplish." And that's what makes it exciting. And that's where you know that you know people are trying to do goals on their own, and they're not. They might reach it. They might not. There's certain people that can do it, might not. But when you take your natural. And you allow God to put the supernatural on it. There's nothing you can't do. Well, so you're saying you know it just seems so big, insurmountable, so huge, whatever. Um, but how do you eat an elephant? One, one bite, bite at, at a time. time. Just one bite at a time. Just take today and say, today, Lord, I'm going to step out in faith and do today. I can't expect me to be able to eat the whole elephant today or, or complete my goal today, but it's day one. Right. And guess what? Before too long, you look back and we go, it's day seven. Well, what about And the, now next week, it's day 14. Right. Look what God's doing here. What about the, the, the farmer? He had that mule. And, you know, the mule was sick and he had gone to the vet and the vet said, you know, uh, basically, you know, your donkey's, you know, it, it's going to die. You might as well just put it out of its misery. But the farmer couldn't do it. He was just like, I can't kill it. But what I'll do is I'm going to dig this big pit. I'm going to put the mule in the pit and, you know, he's going to die. And that way, you know, he's already just going to be, you know, I can bury him after put that. The thing out of its misery. I know. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> but he puts this in here. And what he ends up doing is he starts throwing garbage into the hole with the mule. And what was happening was, is every day that he was doing that, the mule would eat this good stuff out of the garbage, what he could eat, and he would take the rest of it and he would stomp it down. And then pretty soon neighbors were coming and they were just like, this mule, what's happening here? You know, he's not dying yet. Let's just keep throwing garbage and eventually it's going to cover him up and he's going to die. But what was happening is the mule started getting Mule started getting stronger and stronger. He's eating the good stuff out of this. He's stomping on the others. And pretty soon, this mule is healthy. But now the farmer's like, I can't get the mule out. This is supposed to be his burial ground, but now I can't get this mule out. So they just kept throwing more and more of this garbage in. And pretty soon, from stomping down the garbage, the mule was able just to walk out of his pit. 
And you might feel like you're in a pit and you might feel like garbage is being dumped on you on a daily basis. You're sitting back going, you're talking about goals. I feel like the mule that's in a pit with garbage being dumped on me. But you know, you can take that. You can take whatever it is that the world wants to throw at you, what the devil wants to throw at you, what he wants to kill, steal, and destroy of your life. And you can begin to say, you know what? I'm going to take the God stuff out of this, and I'm going to stomp the devil stuff out of this. And before you know it, life begins to come back in you. Purpose begins to come back in you. And you're going to find yourself walking out of the situation that you're in and walking into a new destiny. That was a ridiculous Amen. story. Wasn't but, that a, a, but, I, but it, one, it's, <laughs> like it's impossible that that happened. But honestly, it's they, one you'll never forget. The Missouri Mule. The Missouri. Okay, that's awesome. All right. I'll Keep fact, going. Fact check that thing. Uh, no, that was fact actually a great story. It. No, no, I'm just kidding. Later, after he got invited, talking about Eliezer now, he got invited to Rebecca's house for dinner. He he he. Something begins to happen. It actually is in Genesis 24:33. Says food was set before him to eat, but he said, "I will not eat until I have told about my errand." And so he uh, he said, "Speak on." Personally, I would have eaten first. I'd have got that done first, and then let's talk about what we're focused on here because I'm hungry. But he was so focused that he was tightened up. Well, he just I can't even eat. I've got to get out of me what my purposes and we're in a time of fasting right now and i hope that you're continuing with your fasting and and you put those things aside that would be easily gratification you put those things aside that you know i want this right now and i'll focus later if you are you're in that place of fasting and prayer now is a great time to begin to just press into new goals that's awesome matter of fact a couple weeks ago i posted a picture about a lasagna that I that oh, made an egg, eggplant lasagna that had about it four to six, good. yeah, four to six carbs in it, and it's it's delicious. And I think it was the second day of our fast, and I think everybody's like, "What you're eating?" And I'm well, we that we have one meal a day. We're, we're basically sun up to sundown, so we don't eat breakfast or lunch, and then we have our our dinner uh, in the evening, and that was our dinner. And every, everything else we've cut out too. So and it wasn't the whole lasagna piece of lasagna <laughs> so but anyways you can anyways you can get the recipe it's online so what's the point if you are going to really reach your goals in life sometimes you have to delay gratification um he just didn't i'm not gonna eat right now i'm not doing that i'm gonna get out what i need to get out you have to do the tough thing instead of the fun thing the right thing instead of the pleasurable thing and the reason that's so hard is because most of us don't want to delay gratification that's why we we get in debt so fast because we want what we want when we want it, and so we put it on our credit card. We make it easy for ourselves to actually have a worse life right. to be more in debt. Because success doesn't come from what you do occasionally; yeah. it comes from what you do consistently. Yeah, and you need to write down five reasons why you won't give up. It's good. Write it down so you already have a plan. So Man, when we the, are given a lot of information. Yeah. This so is when good that stuff. reason pops up. You're going to go, wait a second, no, no, no. I already knew that that reason was going to come. So I put down five reasons why I won't give up. And you're ready to respond. Write down five ways you will get up one more time. Mm -hmm. Write it down so that when you feel like you are at your lowest and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. No, you write down already five ways that you're going to get up one more time. And then you can begin to recite that. Write down five incentives to stay the course. 
So when you want to get off course, you've already, you can go back to your notes, you can go back to your goals and you're going to say, wait, there's, here's my five incentives, incentives to stay on course. Be proactive in these things. Be ready to combat what the enemy is going to come. That's what Jesus did. When Satan came to him and said, why don't you do this? And if you do this, and Jesus was ready, he already knew. He said, um, it is written. He already had what was written down. He already had his plan written down. He already knew what he was going to say because it was written. And that's how you can be too. Have those things good. written down. All right. We are going to run out of time. Let's get to it. Step number eight. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, step number eight, get team support. Are you networked? Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be empowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Success is never a one-man job. It's always a team. It takes a team to be successful. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not going to harp on this. That's why the house of God is so important. That's why belonging to a church is so important. That's why giving yourself to a church is so important because we need one another to develop relationships and accountability. A threefold cord is not easily broken. The enemy has a very difficult time attacking people when they've been linked together in a particular mission and a vision and moving together in unity. And step number nine, and finally, you must pay the price. Okay, the only thing free in this world, I think, is salvation. Everything else is suspect, in my opinion. Eliezer had to pay a price to get Rebecca to come back with him and marry Isaac. You say, how? Let's look at Genesis 24. <clears throat> Verse 53 says this, Then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold and clothing, and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. I'm not saying he paid for her, but he paid a price by saying, look, this is how valuable she is to us and how valuable she is to my master and to my, my master's son. And we want to make sure you're honored. It's a payment of honor that we're bringing to you. It was a price paid. Great goals require great sacrifice. And if you're serious about getting uh, a focused life, you need to ask three questions. What are they? Number one, what will it cost? Number two, what am I willing to give? And number three, is it worth it? What would it cost? What am I willing to give? And is it worth it? The greatest use, honey, of your life is to invest in it. Mm -hmm. Invest in your life. Invest in it something that will outlast your life. Jesus said, for what profit will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What's the point if we're not doing this for an everlasting purpose? When I build build my life, I want to build my life with my children in mind. I want to build my life with my grandchildren in mind, right? Don't begin working toward your goal unless you've counted the cost. Jesus right. said, count the cost. Right. That's right. You know, a, a wonderful quote that I that that I found and in, in it's amazing. It says this. It says goals. There's no telling what you can do when you get inspired by them. Mm. There's no telling what you can do when you believe in them. And there's no telling what will happen when you act upon them. So honey, 
We've been talking the last two podcasts here about goals, and and I prayed last week for the people, but I know that you've got a, you've got a prayer to pray over them to get them inspired. I do, Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you so very much. We come before you in the power of agreement right now. I bind every satanic influence surrounding your people that says they can't do something that you spoke for them to do or you designed for them to do. It's their destiny. It's who they are. It's their purpose in life. I bind every opposing spirit now, every spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name, every spirit of, uh, of insecurity and rejection be broken now in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak it now. And Lord God, I declare that your faith will be to arise inside of them and a holy boldness from the throne of God and a, and a, and a fearlessness, Lord God, would come all over them until they have a faith that says it, that nothing is impossible with my God. It may be impossible with man. It may be impossible with me, but not for my God. And I trust him wholly and I trust him entirely and I trust him thoroughly and emphatically and I give him my life to be used for his glory and therefore I believe his word. I believe in what I'm doing. I believe that I will receive and I will achieve the goal that's set before me in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let this be a fruitful year for your people. Let this be a fruitful year for your people, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Well, I think that was a good two weeks. That was. We should, just, have, we should have, t- I think we went fast and we probably could have done it in three well, weeks. Well, watch it again. Watch it over. Definitely Take watch notes. it. Get excited about it. Go back and begin to write it. You can, now that you're, you know, you can watch it again and actually pause us and take those notes and rewind and watch again. And because we are excited about this year for our own goals. We're excited about your goals. We're excited about what we can accomplish through Jesus Christ this year. Amen. We love you so very much. Until next time, God bless you.